Next on BYUSN, there's a report out that Gonzaga has talked about potentially joining the Big 12. Do we like the idea? And what did we learn from Mark Pope's squad in last night's exhibition win over Ottawa of Arizona? Wait, they're not from Canada? They are not from Canada. We did an entire game? Or just, Kansas. Just kidding. Yes, it's actually in it's Kansas. It's actually from Kansas. And yes. it has another campus. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, November 3rd. I am Jerem Jordan. He is Jason Shepard. Boy, did the snow uh, dump on Provo. I didn't have my scraper in my car last night. Luckily, Hemahemuli had one. He came prepared. Good Boy Scout. Boy Scout, yeah, Eagle Scout, possibly. Possibly. I was too, but clearly I didn't bring the uh, Clearly the you've not uh, continued that on in the rest of your life. The lessons I learned 25 <laughs> years ago uh, did not apply. Yeah, all right, coming up on today's show, we got a, a packed one for you. Gonzaga, as uh, Jeremy mentioned a second ago, possibly following the Cougars to the Big 12. What? Much more on that coming up in Trending. We will also have freshman guard Dallin Hall joining us in Studio B after a blowout win over Ottawa of Arizona and the latest deep blue on former Bronco quarterback turned Cougar, Cade Finnegan. But first, let's get to today's headlines. ESPN's Pete Thamel reports that Gonzaga AD Chris Standiford met with Big 12 Commissioner Brett uh, Yormark in person last week in Texas when Gonzaga played Tennessee there in an exhibition to talk about potentially joining the Big 12. What? Thamel says sources say the Zags are exploring conference options. They did this with the Mountain West a couple of years ago. Uh, much more on this coming up in What's Trending. Men's basketball beat the Ottawa Spirit in exhibition action last night. 109-69. The Cougars hit 15 threes in the blowout victory. Spencer Johnson led the Cougars with 16 points and a career-high six steals. After the game, Coach Pope talked about what he liked. I loved our energy. I loved our thrust. I loved the way the guys shared the ball and made plays for each other. I mean, they put on a clinic in terms of turning down hard stuff to get great stuff. I was super excited about that. And we're going to have to lock down on this defense end. Cougars begin the regular season Monday night. Consider it a family home evening treat for you mm. as they welcome former BYU big man Colby Lee and the Idaho State Bengals to the Marriott Center. Size 18 shoe, by the way. Colby Lee, amazing. <laughs> Football preps for Boise State Saturday night. The game will officially be on FS2 because the Astros, combined no hitter, uh, and Phillies will have a game six on Fox. Uh, and so the Big 12 game, uh, I want to say Texas Tech and somebody, is on FS1. Earlier this week, quarterback Jaron Hall said he's expecting a good game Saturday on the blue. It's always a good game. It's a good atmosphere where, wherever you play, whether you're in Boise or you're here in Provo. And it's, uh, it's, it's always a challenge every year. You know, it's no different than you know, playing Utah or even playing Utah State. Um, it's just a very similar feel. It's Texas Tech and TCU. Pre-game on BYU TV and BYU Radio starts Saturday at 5 Eastern time. Big game with Boise State. 15th-ranked women's soccer beat San Diego last night in San Diego 6-0, setting up the regular season finale at LMU on Saturday night. Now, BYU can still win or share the WCC championship, but it's going to take beating the Lions as well as a Santa Clara loss or tie. They will play earlier in the day on Saturday at Pepperdine. I'll have the radio call alongside Rachel Manning Jorgensen Saturday night on BYU Radio at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Let's go. Bring home a trophy. Last year it came down to the last game. It this always year, seems to do again. that, doesn't it? WCC soccer is good, man. Uh, we'll miss that. Men's golf finished 11th at the... Matthew Delavadova, St. Mary's Invitational, shooting 10 over, led by Carson Lindell, who took 12th place individual. Did they hand out mouthpieces to the winner? Yep, they handed out mouthpieces. Excellent. Number 18, BYU Women's Volleyball plays at San Francisco tonight. Game time set for 10 p.m. Eastern. 
And Emily Astle and Bobo Huang were defeated at the Women's Tennis ITA Championships to a Michigan tandem yesterday in San Diego. The rest of the teams at the Rice Invitational in Houston. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, which is brought to you by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. As we mentioned a moment ago, Shep, Pete Thamel of ESPN reporting that Big 12 met with Gonzaga about potentially joining the league. Do you like the idea, potentially, of Gonzaga and the Big 12? I have very mixed feelings on this. Um, on the surface... Well, sure. You, you bring in a basketball program like Gonzaga. Look, it's already the best basketball conference in the country. So you, you bring in a team like Gonzaga. Well, sure, you want to bring them in. Then you start to think about it a little bit more. You start <laughs> peeling the layers back. All of conference expansion is based off of what sport? It's football, football. right? Last time I checked, Gonzaga does not have a football team. And all of the reports that I have seen have said, Gonzaga, is this is not like a basketball-only thing like we see a lot of times with football only wanting to join. If they're going to make a move, it sure looks like they're wanting all sports to go to whatever conference they jump to. My question is, with the basketball side of things already being set up at the top of the pecking order, yeah. with Gonzaga coming in, what are they actually bringing? They're bringing in another fantastic basketball program, a top-tier national championship contender, contender, you already have a couple of those in the Big 12 already. Yeah. If you're not bringing football, from a financial standpoint, what are you bringing to the table? Because at that point, in my opinion, all you're doing is siphoning off money. Now, I don't know what they would work out if you don't have a football team. I don't know how you could be a full-share member. I mean, all this how stuff How do you is, get football TV revenue? That's, what, that's what I mean. So, yeah. like, right now, like, I like the idea of it. It sounds good because we know that the competition in basketball would be fantastic. But I don't know if, they, if just bringing basketball in is bringing enough in from a financial standpoint that they add anything. I think at that point, they're just taking away from the rest of the group. It's uh, NCAA tournament units is the financial ad uh, that Gonzaga gives and perhaps uh, a men's basketball contract, which I, I'm still trying to understand if that was football only in 2025, the TV right. uh, deal that we heard, or does that include men's basketball as well? Her heard some men's basketball stuff in there, but didn't hear any numbers associated with that or if it's combined. So I, I probably need some clarification there. It feels like we both do. Um, and yeah, perhaps there's a thing where it's like, well, this is football money, this is basketball money, then it would be okay. Yes. Because what, what, what we learned from a, a report from Sports Business Journal is that there is a pro-rata clause that only P5 schools would expand that same number of TV money per school. But it's only the ESPN part of that. Fox did not agree to that. And obviously, Gonzaga is not a P5. And then John Canzano of the Oregonian, paper I had growing up, delivered right to my house back in the day when he had a newspaper, says the Big 12's prorated clause um, yeah, is 63% of the deal. So about 20 mil uh, for, from ESPN. Fox did not agree to that, like I mentioned. So maybe there's some clause there where it's, it's you don't get the football money you get the basketball money, which is significantly smaller, and it's beneficial for Gonzaga that way. So that's the money part of it. The, the competition part of it. How, how tough is tougher? <laughs> it's <laughs> because, already extremely tough. Like, because BYU goes into that league next year, and honestly, my, my first thought is like, okay, can BYU somehow go 6-12, and 7-11? and 11? There were teams that made the NCAA tournament at 7-11 and 11 in league last year from the Big 12. Like, can BYU pull that off? It's so hard. And you go, well, sure they can. Well, tell me the wins right now. What are they? 
where are they winning? Because it's going to be so difficult. And teams coming to the Merritt Center, it will be hard for them as well. But you already have two Gonzagas in the league in Kansas and Baylor. Not to mention Texas Tech, who's been to a couple yep. Final Fours, I believe. Houston's a top 10 team. UCF's getting way better. West Virginia's always a challenger. There is not a bad team. Like in football, we said, oh, Kansas stinks. Then this year, they got top 50, top 60. Like they're at least in the upper half of college football this year. Game day went there when they were 4 0. It was crazy. So, do I like the idea of Gonzaga in the Big 12? I'm not exactly sure because I think it's already going to be too tough. So, you're adding, like, if we said, hey, Duke's going to the Big 12, do you like it? We'd probably be like, no, too tough. Or, yeah, going to Cameron would be great. We've kind of, we've kind of had that with Gonzaga already. Are we, are we good? Are, we, do we, are they the travel partner now in basketball because they're the other westernmost team? The Big 12 wants a Pacific time zone team, by the way. They want all four time zones. They don't have that. That time zone yet, they're looking for that team. Now, in football, they'd love to have it. I bet they'd love the four corners if the Pac-12 dissolves. But Gonzaga adding to the league certainly is interesting for Gonzaga because I think that would be beneficial financially. That's basically what Gonzaga wants, by the way. They just want to be included at the table to be big time. I think they're just tired of just knocking everybody around in the, in the WCC, getting a certain amount of money, which they negotiated more of the units from the NCAA tournament a couple years ago when they threatened to possibly go to the Mountain West. So they've done this before. This is not new. But if you have a great, if you're great at something, don't do it for free. The Joker said that in The Dark Knight. They're not doing it for free, but they want more money. They want more access. They want more big-time opportunities against big teams. They go and play a tough schedule. You know, I I guess I'm not anti-Gonzaga to the Big 12, but I'm not, I guess I'm not super pro because I feel like it's going to be hard enough. Yes, yeah. It's like if you have, like, you know, two Lamborghinis, if you get three, we it, do, which we like, do, I, yeah. I, I might bring that up yeah. because it's, we were, it's could be our really reality. Clearly we're, we got but I mean, like, stacks. if you have two already, if you get three, does it really change much? You're still pretty well off it, either way. It depends if your buddy has four. Okay. You know right. what so I mean? So if you're like, going with that. Like, if you're Gonzaga and you look around, you go, well, why, do, why are we making, like, beans here when we could be making fat well, stacks but look, if, in a it, big league? Again, the financial part of it, that's what this boils down to me. And if, you know, like you were you know, talking about if it's a situation where they don't get anything of the football money. But I, I did read that somebody in the industry, because this was something that was brought up when the, these negotiations, which we now know are done for the, for the TV rights, the new TV rights starting in 2025, this was something that was maybe not outright brought up, but sort of referenced like, hey, this is something that could be a possibility. Somebody in that world said, well, even if Gonzaga joins, it's not, not going to change the game from a financial standpoint. So if they're not going to add a significant value and all they're going to do is take it away, and again, we don't know what that would be, if they're going to take a significant chunk, then I don't like it. If, if they're, if they're going to focus only on getting a certain piece of the basketball and it's not something that you're really going to feel from a financial standpoint, then I'm okay with it. My other question is, like, if you're not getting that entire money of Gonz- that Gonzaga if you're them, I don't know how the, the other sports in their athletic department can afford to do all of the travel that they would need to do, whether it's you know baseball or yeah. soccer. Now you're going to Morgantown. Now, you, now you're doing it, those. You've just been West Coast and BYU. Yes. I mean, yeah. if, if it comes down to this, would you rather have Gonzaga in the Big 12 or San Diego State? Gonzaga. Because? I, because then at that point, San Diego State does take well, a chunk? Well, uh, Because they're not, well, they're not P5. Well, neither are P5. You're right. And San Diego State, more wins in Viejas, which is what BYU does. Hopefully next Friday as well. Because they're, they're adding basketball. Good now, question. 
Good, good question. They would add a quality basketball team yes. as well, not the level of Gonzaga, but they would add other programs. There's a traditional rivalry there uh, with San Diego State over time, although we don't call it a rivalry, I guess. So, yeah, good question, man. Um, depends what you want. At every decision in life that you make is based on what you want out of that experience. What do we want out of potentially Big Twelve uh, Gonzaga and the Big Twelve? I guess if they don't take away value. I'm not inclined to say absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, no, that's that's my they whole thing. They don't add money, yes. that, and that's the thing. But maybe, and remember, Brett Yormark just just uh, became the commission, so he's kind of in, in the acquisition business right. right now, and maybe it's not a financial as much as it is uh, uh, just street cred. Like, yep, and we got Gonzaga. Like, the biggest, arguably the uh, top three basketball program in the country right now. Like if you again, if you can just add Duke, would you do it? Of course. I think they would. Yes. That's the case with Gonzaga, is it not? Like maybe it's a why not situation as opposed to breaking it. I don't know. Brett Yormark and also this doesn't mean Gonzaga's going to the league. They just talk. Well and the Pac twelve is talking to them as well. They're sure. shown some interest, which is a little odd because I don't know, last time I checked they're also a religious school. Right? And I I don't know what what's their well, research situation. <laughs> So, well, well so, played. Well I played. mean, so well, you that know what I mean? the academics. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. look, I, they are talking with other conferences, <laughs> but this, this just came out of nowhere yesterday, out of the blue. There was yeah. nothing about this. Well, and all of a sudden, they're in talks with the Big 12. It makes sense because uh, they were in town, essentially. Right. They were in Texas playing. Why not at least chat? And it, again, we don't know the severity or uh, whatnot of, of this conversation, whether it's going to lead to something at all, but uh, they chatted. Look, okay. this is what it boils down to me. If BYU doesn't lose money in the deal, fine. If they do, they don't like it. Yeah, I don't it think, boils down to that I to don't me. think any of the team... The commissioner fulfills the needs of the presidents and chancellors of the league. He, he is the, the head, uh, you know, mouthpiece of that, mm-hmm. the head of the league. So it's... The Della Vadova, if you will? No, the, uh, the, the uh, commish. He's the commish. But um, it, it, if that isn't met, if they don't want that, yeah. no, we're going to lose money? No, yeah. they're not going to do it. It's got to be a, we don't lose money, but we add them. Our football money stays ours, right. probably. All right, let's get they to topic. They suddenly add football. Yeah, exactly. We're like, what? Let's get to topic number two. We will stay with basketball, however. Last okay. night, pretty impressive exhibition victory for the BYU Cougars over Ottawa of Surprise, Arizona. Um, what would you learn about this BYU team last night? I don't want to overreact because it's an exhibition game and it's the first one. But I'll tell you some of the things I liked. Um, Rotation indication. Spencer Johnson has not started a game at BYU in his two years. 61 games played, no starts. He started, he is starting on Monday. Uh, 16 points, six steals. He was fantastic. Um, And Mark Pope uh, had this to say about his performance. I was super proud of him. He was our dim leader by far tonight, and he he was kind of a steadying force. And he was, you know, even with their thrust, I thought I did a great job about racing the ball down the floor. I thought he still was able to stay on his toes and kind of be aggressive. It was a beautiful performance by him tonight. Yes, it was. Dim is defensive impact metric. That's what they look at defensively. Um, yeah, BYU did a great job of turning uh, Ottawa over, 27 takeaways for 40 points. I mean, that was, that was monster. Peary also turned it over 19 points or 19 times itself and fouled 26 times in the game. Certainly need to reel that in. But it was a nice performance. I love the threes, 15 to 31. A lot of different guys making those, plus 16 on the glass. But NAIA school, I'm not going to read into that too much. Um, there was a lot of good, man. And, and the starting lineup, we, we got a taste. 
I, I felt confident about Rudy Williams, Gideon George, and Foose being in the starting five. Then we saw Jackson Robinson and then Spencer Johnson. I anticipate that will be the same lineup that we see on Monday night. The things that really stood out to me, number one, was the three-point shooting. And, and yes, exhibition, yes, it was against an NAIA school. But what I liked, not just the fact that they were hitting as many as they were with the 15, I liked that for the most part, they weren't forced. They all came within the flow of the offense, and nobody hesitated. They, as soon as they got the ball in rhythm, they shot. And how, it, it felt like 80 90% of them came in the corners. And BYU was feeling it last night. So I loved the three-point shot coming within the flow of the offense. The other thing I liked, and you talked about the starting lineup, in that starting lineup, the tallest player, and I realize because Mark Durant and I on the broadcast last night kind of got into this, it's a lot about the wingspan, not necessarily your height. Yes. But the tallest player in that starting lineup was Jackson Robinson at 6'7". Mm-hmm. So you can play a little bit small, and I thought that worked, certainly against the opponent that BYU had last night. But you have no Waterman at 6'11", and you have a Tiki on the bench that can give you some height if you need to go to a, a taller player, longer wingspan. I like the what we saw from the freshmen. I thought all the freshmen, Dallin Hall, who's going to join us in our next segment, was extremely impressed with what we saw from him, 10 points in his exhibition debut. All in all, I thought it was a really good way for BYU to play a game right before you go into the regular season. It was great. It was great because uh, we didn't know what to expect from some of these guys. And it's one game, and it's NAIA, and it's exhibition. So, yeah, there were some positive signs. A few things I'd like to see better is don't, don't turn it over as much, don't foul as much. Yep. Noah Waterman, one of three, two points. I'd like to see a little more offensively from him, but he did some nice things with seven rebounds as well. Gideon George, eight points, six rebounds, five assists. That, that's the kind of game we expect from Gideon. And there's a lot of guys on this team, and you're trying to figure out the rotation, but uh, you got a good indication of the starting lineup. And then the wingspans are crazy. Like, Foose is six, five and a half, by the way. Like, <laughs> he, he, is, he is Charles Barkley. Uh, minus the three uh, right now. So he, he but his wingspan seven two, just like crazy stuff. Okay, let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. Our question of the day: Do you want Gonzaga in the Big Twelve? Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Nathan uh, Jorgensen on Twitter. Why not? Resume for the tournament's going to be strong already. It'll make it that much more likely to make the tournament when you face half the teams that make the Final Four during the season. Hey, if Gonzaga's in there, it's like legitimately you could have two Final Four teams. Without question. Every couple of years. Yes. I mean, I would say, though, that the days of Gonzaga running the table in the conference are probably over at that point. Oh, yeah. No, they suddenly lose four games. They, they, they go into a completely in different yeah. situation than what they're used to. Yes. Which they, I think they're ready for. I think they want something different. Probably. You know what that I mean? That makes sense. Like, we're dominating. We're getting. And, and for Gonzaga, they've been to what? Two Final Fours now? One, two? They. They need a national title here in the next couple years. That's the pressure's on every year in Spokane there. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, time for a four-game losing streak to end as BYU football heads north to Boise State. BYUSN Game Day gets you ready. 5 Eastern time on BYU TV coming up on Saturday. And coming up, the newest deep blue on Bronco QB turned Cougar, Cade Fennigan. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B on a Thursday ahead of BYU at Boise State. And speaking of, for third-string quarterback Cade Fennigan, playing against BYU in 2020 for Boise State was a little weird. His dad played at BYU, now he was facing off against Zach Wilson and the Cougars 
as the Boise State Bronco quarterback. Now BYU QB himself, Fennigan is happy to be in Provo. People that meet him now would probably put him in more of a fearless category about trying new things and being in a, in a crowd or performing in front of a crowd. You think back when he was a little kid, little things. I mean, he was anxious about uh, just, I guess, the world itself. Lots of stories about not wanting to do things just simply because I, th I thought it was scary. And in reality, it wasn't. I was different as a kid, for sure. <laughs> My wife, Amy, did a really good job with him as a child. The more I read about it, the more I realized that the best thing to do was probably just to make him kind of face these fears that he had. And that's what she did. Like, literally anything and everything that made me uncomfortable, she just forced me to do it. Doing things like getting into musical theater and, and show choirs to force me into that kind of uncomfortable on-stage situations. He was never anxious about playing football. He, he's always loved football. I always thought it was funny how you could have fears about small little things, but no fear at all when somebody's running straight at you and trying to, you know, tackle you to the ground. Ball was his first word. By the time he was two, he was throwing a football. It was just football, football, football. I've just always loved football. It's, it's always been something that's, that's part of me. I mean, I think even as a kid, I was just fascinated by the visual movement of it all. And so I think like part of that helped to where as a kid, I never felt uncomfortable in football especially. It's just always been something I've loved. And when I'm on that field, it's, it's a different mindset, you know? I'm in the zone. I guess in my senior year, that's when most kids decide to serve a mission or not. At that point in my life, I thought a mission really wasn't for me. And a couple of schools in particular point blanked him and said, if you can commit to us right now that you won't go on a mission, we have a scholarship for you. And I really just looked at myself, I was like, you know, are you willing to give up on this opportunity to become a better man and a better disciple of Christ just to go play football? You know, as I thought about that a lot and prayed, I realized like, all right, this, this is what you need to do. You know, you need to make some changes. You need to go on this mission and football can wait for now. Once he really made the decision and committed to go on a mission, he felt a lot of peace about that decision and everything really worked out for him. I would just say it was the people that I met, the experiences I had, and the testimony I gained that really led me to understand that I'd made the right decision. And so he was coming home from his mission with, he didn't really know what he was gonna do. I think we all felt a little anxious for him. He ended up applying to BYU and got in just as you know, regular student. And he was just trying to decide what to do because he still really wanted to play football. And just a few months before he was scheduled to come home, he started to hear from coaches again. And all of a sudden he had you know, offers that were really beyond his wildest dreams when he left on his mission to begin with. So he ended up deciding on Boise State. And when he returned home from Argentina, he went straight out to Boise. So Pete Finnegan, in essence, the third string quarterback for Boise State has never attempted a pass the true freshman. It was really surreal because, you know, one, they're playing the team I played for in college, and two, he had just gotten back from his mission. He hadn't played football in two and a half years. He'd been with the, the Boise team for, what, two months? I guess going into fall camp, I was pretty low on the depth chart, right? Because I was just expecting a red shirt. I was totally happy with where I was at, just learning the system. You know, I had plenty of time left in my college career, and so I felt good, but then that towards the end of fall camp and kind of coming coming up on the season, I'd moved up to like the third string quarterback, which still you, you look at the third string you're like, ah, probably won't play much, you know? 
But just with COVID and injuries and everything, I ended up being the backup for most of the year and, you know, getting into some crucial games, namely the BYU game where I played pretty much that whole game. When we played against him, I was impressed with him because he came in, quarterback got hurt, so he came in and filled in, and and uh, that's a tough spot to go against a, a really solid defense. And uh, didn't see a lot of shock in his eyes. I thought I thought you could see that that baller mentality of like, hey, let's just see what we can do. And even at the end, he scored some points on us. That to me showed a lot of heart. It was tough. I mean, I felt like I let my team down. You know, I'm sure the Boise community felt that I let him down too, you know, I mean, it was a tough game. I think he kind of felt the weight on his shoulders that the loss was his fault. It was hard to, for him to deal with that, and I think it put him in a dark place a little bit, because, you know, football is a game, and you want your kid to have fun playing. You want him to enjoy the journey, so to speak, and he wasn't enjoying the journey. i definitely say it was the most just, uh, I don't really, I don't even know how to say it, anxious, I guess, I felt in a long time, right? Like since even I was a kid. And it was just one game, you know? But in the end, like, it was, it was a tough game. And that's not how I wanted my debut to go, I guess, as a college quarterback. But in the end, it was a good experience. It also helped me understand you can't win everything, you know? And in, in the end, where are your priorities? You know, like, am I gonna let this define me? Am I gonna give up? Is this it for me? And so there's a lot of questions that came up after that, but I look back at it as a learning experience and something that I'm grateful for in the end. And it helped land me here. When we heard about him entering the portal and, and had an opportunity to, to bring him in, it was a no-brainer for, for the offensive coaches. Definitely for me, I've been really impressed with him. I mean, this has been my dream school too, <laughs> since I was a kid. So for them to want me to come to their school was, was pretty cool. I'm so happy that he's reached his goals to play college football. And I think now, you know, he has new goals. I think it's just wonderful opportunity for him. I can't wait to see him compete and now that he's eligible to go see where he can fit in that, in that quarterback room that's got a lot of talent, but he definitely belongs there. I want him to be happy. I want him to be content with where he's at. I want him to lift where he stands and be happy in that moment. And I think he is. I really think the time he's been here a year and a few months now, he's been happy and that's all I could ask for him. He's happy where he's at and I think BYU's a great spot for him. Deep Blue featuring Cade Fennigan. We learned Tuesday night on the coach show that Cade actually has a sprained ankle and won't be available in the game, uh, but good to have Kane at BYU. And a weird situation for him having played against yeah. BYU in 2020. And we, we always think like, oh yeah, cool, he got in. But no, he was devastated by how that performance went. Yeah, you think, oh, he got in the game. It's got to be one of the greatest thrills of his life. And obviously it was, but the outcome, you just, you just don't think of it that much. And to hear him talk about how devastated that he was after that loss and how he felt he let everybody down, that's the part of sports that we don't talk a whole lot about and you got to believe that that's something that now motivates him now that he's here at BYU and who knows what the future holds for him. His mom referred to some big time offers. USC was one of those because Graham Harrell was at North Texas interested in Cade who was in the Dallas area at the time and coming off a mission he had real options so the fact that he's at BYU is great. He'll compete with Jacob Conover and we assume probably a transfer quarterback that will compete for the you would think so next year. Yeah you would think that BYU would go the, the Juco route bring somebody in or, 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 D1, or, or D1 or D1 yeah, and see, just to have some some more competition in that mix for next year. You know, you lose a guy in Jaron Hall that likely is going to be, you know, one of the top six or seven quarterbacks taken in the draft. 
you want to make sure you've got uh, enough options uh, in that quarterback room for next season. But, Jaron, if you want to come back next year, hey, we'd, we'd love it. <laughs> it ain't happening, but we'd love it. All right, tune in Saturday night as 15th-ranked BYU women's soccer concludes their regular season at LMU, still with a chance to win the WCC. Join me and Rachel Manning Jorgensen live from Los Angeles with the call at 10 Eastern time on the BYU radio app. That photo's from the Portland game. That was, or Gonzaga, excuse me. That was crazy. That was so was a wet and soggy night. Yes, it was. Coming up, should BYU fans be rooting for Pepperdine on Saturday? We'll tell you why in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms <laughs> on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Just kidding. I think it's great. He is Jason. I'm Jerem. Let's whip it. Good Whip Brand is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Boise State reporting that there's less than 3,000 seats left for uh, the game Saturday against uh, Los Pumas. You shocked that it's not a, a sellout up at uh, Albertsons? A little bit, uh, although BYU being four and five doesn't help. Boise State's kind of turned it around. I think it may have to do with the weather as well. It's supposed to snow and rain this weekend in Boise as well, so. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I'm shocked only because I just assumed with this being the last game between these two for who knows how long, I figured all the Boise State fans would uh, would get those tickets just so they can go up and boo BYU. I'm, I'm actually very surprised it's not a sellout. I really yeah, am. Maybe weather related. So far, BYU's off to a good start. No loss November 2022. Will it survive the weekend? Can we? I don't even want to start. I'm not even starting with no loss November. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not starting it. If we, the only way you just finish it. You let it happen, then you can enjoy it. If you plan on it, you're setting yourself up for disaster. So I'm. I'm washing my hands of this. I'm out. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if it lasts a weekend. I really hope it does, at Boise State in particular in football. All right, Santa Clara women's soccer, uh, their team is tied uh, tied with Gonzaga last night. That opens thank the door. Thank you, Chris Watkins. Yes, thank you so much. That opens the door for BYU women's soccer still to either have a share or an outright chance to win the conference. Yep, you see the point? Santa Clara at Pepperdine Saturday. Are you the biggest Pepperdine women's soccer fan in the world right now? I am, uh, because yes, with a win versus LMU, and as as you mentioned, a Santa Clara loss or tie. BYU's got either a share or the championship yes. in the WCC, which is pretty exciting. BYU, two, two of its first three games, they tied. So that was tough. Uh, but BYU's got a chance, man. So yeah, go Pepperdine Waves. Yeah, and the best part about this is that game is at noon. So an earlier start, like six or seven hours before BYU plays. So they're going to know the result of that game and really know what they're playing for in the evening. So yeah, absolutely, uh, go Pepperdine. Ottawa had a redheaded version of Mitch Matthews playing on the court last night, Alex Vili. Jason, do you agree with my comparison that he, uh, Alex, is the ginger Mitch Matthews? Um, look, I wouldn't have figured this out on my own, but when you brought it to my attention, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see that. And look, Mitch agrees, so... Mitch agreed. He said, good luck tonight, little bro, and then he tweeted at Alex Vili. <laughs> Yes, he. that is absolutely the ginger uh, Mitch Matthews. And Alex was pretty athletic. He was Not pretty as athletic. athletic as Mitch. But, That's, uh, that is true. Yeah, Mitch has elite athleticism. I was waiting for that word to show up. All right, a BYU fan said that he would wear navy and tan, that BYU fan may be Jerem, 
until the... Probably Hunter Miller. Oh, it was Hunter Miller! I legit <laughs> didn't know it was him. Okay, so he said that he will wear navy and tan until the Cougar defense holds an opponent under 400 <laughs> yards. No. In the midst of the four-game losing streak, are we in the quote-unquote unleash all superstitions part of the season? I... I th we might be. Uh, like, should we wear the bibs against Utah Tech just to, like... Just kidding, it doesn't matter what jersey. But against Stanford, should you wear the bibs? Just if it's not going great? Look, I'm, I'm up for whatever is gonna turn something around. Yeah. That's all, That's I'm up for it. If it, means all, if it means an all tan, remember, I don't remember if it was you and I doing that show for you. Spence. So Spencer and I, we did an April Fool's Day, we yep. put out the mock of the new BYU football jersey and it was a tan one. It looked pretty good. It actually, actually looked pretty good. It was more people thought we golden. were being serious. Yeah, it was more kind of golden. If you get golden, it's yes. nice, tan and eh. I would wear an all tan. If, if we can just, whatever it takes to, to snap this streak okay, right someone, now. Someone bring some tan paraphernalia to the building and I will wear it on tomorrow's show, okay? I will wear it, bring it to the building, okay? Just say, hey, this is for Jim. Okay. All yeah. right, so you're, you're up for that. I'm up for that, yeah. You're all about though the, the, the proclamations. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna shave my head. Yeah. Now I'm gonna wear all tan. Yeah, I shave, I, a man of my word. Will you shave your head and wear tan? No. Yeah, anyway, I tried. No. All right, join Grant Grubel, Riley Nelson, Mitch Jurgens, and Cleon Wall as they get you complete coverage of BYU at Boise State on Saturday. Cougar pregame live begins at 5 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. Boise, after the break, Dallin Hall joins us following his first game against somebody else in the Marriott Center. Oh, we're going, we're going beanie today. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Is it still snowing outside? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Some of the highlights from last night's 40-point win against Ottawa, Arizona out of the NAI. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan with Shep. And our next guest is back from a mission He's, he's back from, from sleeping off uh, a 40-point win. His name is Dallin Hall, and he's on BYU Sports Nation for the second time ever. What's up, Dallin? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show today. You look extremely comfortable. Are you? <laughs> I am, actually, yeah. It's That's that time so of year. It's snowy. It's it's. Is it snowing weather. outside? We haven't been outside for a while. Not What's, right now. Okay. okay, that's good. All right, the beanie, we just didn't know. I was preparing myself. Gotcha. Okay, <laughs> how, was, how was last night? Obviously, you played in the, you've practiced. You played in the blue and white. You played somebody else for the first time. How was it for you? It was awesome. I was talking to um, some people, and I, I haven't played a game since uh, last 2020 of March. So it was pretty fun to be back out there playing a refereed game against someone other than my guys. Was that the uh, state tournament at the Huntsman, I assume? Yep. yep. What was that atmosphere like? I mean, there was, I know, it was a little over 7,000 people there. Man, they were loud and they were into it. Yeah, it's awesome. It feels like we, I've just slowly been getting myself into it with our scrimmage with Stanford. Um, and then our blue and white game, we had more people. And then this one, there's even more. So it's been a good um, process of getting adjusted to everything. When did you get back from your mission again? June. June, June okay. So it's been, uh, you know, five, five months, uh, which, is, which is crazy. Is it hard not to go just full bore, physically crazy, because it takes time coming off a of mission, right? Yeah, I think uh, our coaching staff has been really good at helping us pace ourselves with our strength and conditioning coach as well. Uh, we have a huge emphasis on taking care of our bodies 
and Coach Pope has even um, slowed me down a little bit. And so it can be frustrating, but I think he's looking out for me in the long run. And um, so far it's paid off. What'd you learn about the team last night? You get into that situation where, you know, full dress rehearsal, you've got the, the crowd and then an opponent and, you know, you're at home. Did, did you learn anything about the team that maybe you didn't know going in? Um, I mean, I knew we could shoot the ball. I think it finally showed tonight. It didn't really show in the blue and white game. Uh, I learned that we got a bunch of resilient guys that no matter what situation we're in, everyone's going to come together and going to play the right brand of basketball. And that's something you love. And I learned that I can trust every guy that I'm out there on the floor with. Hey, when you make 15 threes, and uh, I want to say like seven or eight guys made threes, it was awesome, man. Yeah, can we go ahead and do, can we put that, uh, the 15 threes again, can we put that in pen or we want us in pencil? <laughs> uh, can we just pencil that nice. in? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully pen, we'll see. But hopefully Sharpie. Uh, yeah. But, but that, no, that's a big number. And, and it's an exhibition game. You're going to do a few things that maybe in the regular season are a little different or more resistance or whatever. But Ottawa was a good team in terms of pace because you guys want to get up and down. So there were a gajillion turnovers in this game. You guys uh, turned them over 27 times for 40 points off turnovers. That was, uh, I think, what you guys are hoping for in the deflections and dim and whatnot, right? Yeah, that's definitely a big emphasis for us. Uh, we're working on being disruptive without fouling. It's still a process for us, as you can tell. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're doing a great job of getting deflections. Spencer Johnson was amazing last mm. night. He's everywhere. And that translates because in practice, him and Gideon and other guys are doing that the whole time. So it's cool to see it translate to the floor. Last night when you got in the game, you were pretty much running the point. Is, is that sort of the, the plan for you? Because I, I think most people, when they think of you, they think of probably a two and your ability to shoot. I mean, are you going to be a point guard on this roster or is it sort of like positionless where anybody can bring the ball up? Yeah, I think um, that's, that was their hope in bringing me in. I've always kind of played the point guard growing up and all the way through high school. So um, that's where they've been playing me. Obviously, I'll play wherever coach needs me to go. I'm a great five man, so we'll see what Coach Pope thinks of that. <laughs> nice, you got you got some uh, some Kevin McHale like uh, footwork and over the shoulder jump hooks and stuff. Yeah, I got that jump hook down, dude. The drop step, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Talking to Dallin Hall here on BYU Sports Nation in the pecking order of halls at BYU all time or or currently, where do you feel like you fit? We got Jaron, we got Dawson, we got Max, we got all kinds of guys. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've, I think I'm just barely getting on the board, so. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've entered at yeah, uh, number, you know. Entered the chat. Yeah, you've entered um, the chat, <laughs> exactly. I love it. So we'll see. What are you most excited about with the regular season just a couple of days away now? Ooh. Um, I'm most excited to, to play in front of The Rock and also to go into some of those fun environments and play there. And I think I'm most excited for Idaho State since they're our next game and uh, we have an opportunity to play in front of our home crowd again, and we know how important and special that is. Coach Pope has talked to, talked to us a lot about winning on our home floor, and so I'm just focused on that, preparing for them. 39-6 and six at BYU at home, so it's, it's a winning, and I heard him yesterday at the uh, shoot run. We win on this court. We don't lose, right? Um, okay, uh, personally, how's, how's school going? Uh, do you know what you're going to study uh, at BYU? How's that going? Yeah, school's been good. Um, for me, I'm thinking of studying something in the business field. I'm not entirely sure what yet, but I'm just taking a lot of generals right now, trying to sort it out. Nice. American Heritage yet? Not yet. That's a classic BYU uh, you know, situation yeah, there. I've heard the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you hanging out with on the team? Who are you closest with? Is it, is it the, the freshman RMs kind of hang out together? Or like who's, who's your, uh, your go-to hangout guy? 
Yeah, it's probably my two roommates, uh, Tanner Tools and Tanner Hayhurst. Um, people joke because they've never seen me without Tanner Toulson by my side. So we're always <laughs> together. We have all of our classes together, but those are my guys I'm always with. And then um, Richie is with us. So it is kind of us RM guys, but we love to get together as a team whenever we can because everyone's so much fun and everyone comes from a different background. And so it's really cool to hang out. When you get together, is there is there like an activity that the whole team likes to do? I don't know, video games? Let's talk Star Wars night, right? Star Wars night. For those who haven't heard, you got, over the summer, you guys started watching Star Wars. Movie. Yeah, me and Trey put together Star Wars night. Um, it was open invite for anyone. Not everyone showed up, but... We did get a good turnout most nights. <laughs> Do you guys dress up for Star Wars night, or is it just watching the movies? We just lock into the movie. Okay. Are we talking movies? Were there ever Clone Wars or Rebels or Mandalorian or Book of Bo What are we talking about here? Just movies. So we're talking prequels starting with the first and going through? Yep. Chronologically, right? Chronologically. Do you have a favorite? Episode 3. Oh, Revenge of the Sith. Three. Yep. Now, Dallin, this is the age difference between. Yep. <laughs> because, yes, because uh, the kids in their 20s and younger, they like the prequels. But everyone else goes, those were terrible. Although episode three is pretty good, actually. I like episode three. Now, um, with the team and Star Wars night, did you, did you do some Lord of the Rings? Because I know you're a Lord of the Rings guy as well. We're basically best friends because of this. Yeah, we're trying to get that one running. Uh, it's having a harder time getting off the ground, but <laughs> um, Trevor Nell, that's my guy. He's trying to get it running with me. So nice. Yeah, that'll be good. Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Those are those are the greatest. Yeah, I They're mean, so good. Tanner always complains that he can't sit down for four hours and watch it. So he probably watches a football game though. During that's the what I tried to so, say. So come on now. Yeah. So you're gonna in like Marvel night because there's a ton of the Marvel. Are you get, do you get into the superhero movies that kind of stuff? Uh, I like superhero movies. I feel like it's hard now that we're starting to get in season. Like We're like, let's do it. And then it hasn't been happening lately. <laughs> You're a little busier. Yes. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what we can get running maybe next summer. Who, who, is, uh, who is the Ahsoka Tano of this team? <laughs> um, <laughs> probably Trey Stewart. I like that. Yeah. Because sort of we, people may not know about him as much. Emerging character. Going to play a big role? Yes. Dude, it, do you, when you're defending him or, or even going against him on offense, do you, do you sense the length? We've talked about the wingspans of the guys quite a bit. Not a lot of height on this team, but wingspans. Do you, do you sense that when you're going at a guy or, or defending a guy? Yeah, Trey is a really crafty defender. He watches a lot of film. Um, if you saw but not him, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, not Lord <laughs> of the Rings. But um, he, he watches a lot of film, especially um, on like Gary Payton. Um, junior and so going against him he's really crafty at um, poking the ball out and you saw him last night with his verticalities that's something that we focus on and so with his vertical and his length he just makes it so hard to finish on and you started to see that last night he's a great player best calves on the team as well right yes yeah by absolutely. far coach pope last night said that um you know you obviously have idaho state to, to begin the regular season and he said i i think this is team is going to surprise some people they're going to be better than what they're picked in the big west what do you know about the Bengals? Uh, you got a former cougar coming in colby lee coming back and he's they've kind of um fixed everything around him uh, he's kind of their go-to guy on that roster uh, what do you know about them and, and what are you anticipating for the season opener Honestly, I don't know a ton about them. Um, today is my day to kind of lock in on film and break some of it down and learn more about them. You did spend all last night going at uh, yeah. studying <laughs> film on Idaho State. It's like I have homework. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I have a buddy who plays out there, um, Briggs Randstrom. 
and so he's redshirting this year. But other than that, um, I don't know much about him yet. And Colby Lee, I know he's a force in the middle. So yeah. we're going to lock in on film today um, on our own and then learn a little bit more about these guys and start preparing. And are they in the Big Sky or the Big West? Or excuse me, did I say Big Sky? Yeah. Yeah, Big no, West. No, Big Sky is what they're in, right? Are they in the Big Sky? Oh, okay. Big Sky. They're yeah. in. Okay. They're in the Big West now? Um, okay, they've changed leagues. Suddenly. They're, in, they're in one of the big conferences. I thought they were Big Sky. Are they not? Okay, we'll uh, we'll figure that out. It really doesn't matter. Uh, you're a mouthpiece. <laughs> you're a mouthpiece guy, by the way. I am. You're ready to battle. <laughs> I always say, beware the mouthpiece guy because he's ready for a physical matchup. Or you, you like you like your teeth being straight, I assume. I do like my teeth being straight. And them being real. Yes, so this one's fake right here. Is that why the that mouthpiece? Why. Okay. okay, so no mouthpiece okay. before, and then afterwards, like, I got to do this. So I watched a buddy get his mouth destroyed, and I started wearing one every game, and then I lost it. And the one game I lost it, I just got my tooth knocked out. Oh, no. In yeah. high school? Yep, front tooth. There's oh. a gnarly picture. And uh, I won't be sending that in. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, let's get it. Tyler Haas has a couple fake teeth as well. Yeah. yeah just, it's a physical game. It is. Yeah. Lots of elbows. Okay. Confirmation. Big Sky, we're being told. So I was, origi- okay. I was right originally. All good. Yes. All good. Yes. Um, although they may ex- go to the Big West. Who knows? Uh, we'll keep an <laughs> Maybe eye Maybe they'll on go that. to the Big 12 with Gonzaga. Who they, knows? They won't. Uh, <laughs> but that's all good. Dallin, we appreciate his time, man. By the way, 10 points all in the second half for you. It was a strong second half. Congratulations. And we'll see you Monday against Idaho State. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Dallin. for having me on. Okay. All right, catch the men's basketball season opener this Monday in the Marriott Center. Let's they go. take on Idaho State, the Bengals, and former big man Colby Lee for the Cougars. Pre-game coverage begins at 8 Eastern on both BYU TV and BYU Radio with the first tip-off of the season coming your way at 9 Eastern time. And rise and shout-out to a dude who's waited for a chance and is now seizing it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review while you're there. I'm really hoping there's at least one person a day that doesn't have one of those apps downloaded and they're like, oh yeah. I'm like, oh, I've been meaning to do that. We will stop saying that when everyone has downloaded both. Have so, you ever so you know. rated a podcast? Yeah. I have not. Yeah. Uh, maybe I will go to the BYU TV and BYU Reacts and I will else. review. I will rate it. Yeah. And we'll give it, it as many stars as I can because it is fantastic. <laughs> Unless it sticks, then give it one It star. doesn't stick, Whatever. though. Yeah. Our question of the I'm not talking about this podcast. I'm talking about another. Uh, <laughs> question of the day. Do you want... <laughs> Gonzaga in the Big 12. The casual in the Big West? In the Big West? I want him in the Big West. <laughs> the casual hippie on Twitter. Yes and no. I think it would be good for the Big 12 and the Zogs. I also fear making our conference schedule even more brutal. It's like volunteering for another marathon immediately after running 12 Ironmans. Yeah, that's, that's one concern I have. It's like, what's the benefit of having Gonzaga there? Like, oh, now it's the even toughest. Uh, You're the already the it's toughest. It's already too hard, people. Like, it's already crazy hard. Like, it's going to be a minute before BYU goes 500 in the Big 12. So I'm, It's I'm a redundant little... redundancy. Yes, it is. <laughs> Irregardless, which is not a word, yeah. Uh, Kramer on Twitter. Kramer? Absolutely. Cosmo Kramer? <laughs> Jerry! An- adding another top-tier program doesn't make it any more difficult to get to the NCAA tournament. Yes, it does. You might have one or two more losses. Like, you need a few wins in there. 
Cement's Big 12 is the top basketball conference. Nope, Al it already is. It already is, is without already it. Is. Sorry, I disagree. I'm just jumping in here. We have had some success against Gonzaga. It's, it's sporadic at this point. It's not regular like it was 15 to 17. The Kennel's a great environment. It's geographically close. Yeah, uh, BYU doesn't care about geographically close. They're going to a league where they're all in different time zones. <laughs> like that's yeah, that, that, that argument is going away in, in everything now. It doesn't money. matter. Yes. UCLA and USC are going to be in the Big Ten. Geographically close, you know what that would have been? Big West. Ames Flames <laughs> it on Twitter. All comes back. Gonzaga, yes, all day. St. Mary's never, never, ever, ever, never. <laughs> I've actually seen that a lot. I've seen a lot on social media fans who are like, Gonzaga, I'm fine with. But no so, way do I want to see St. Mary's. They, they don't get to share this awesomeness. <laughs> Our elite voice of the day, presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. Russ Grizz on Twitter. What's up, Russ? We've beaten the Zags a few times, both in the Marriott Center, up in the kennel. Let them come. Having them join would make the powerhouse Big 12 even more of a juggernaut. Man, it's going to be fun, all these games. Yeah, I just think it's going to be too tough. Again, my, uh, the schedule's too hard thing. Do you, do you, this year, you bring out that shirt again? This, this year in football, the schedule is too hard. <laughs> And BYU got injured, yeah. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about Spencer Johnson? Hasn't started a game, gets a start. I know it's an exhibition, but 16.6 steals. That was tremendous. He, w- he looked great from the get-go. Right out of the gate, first two shots he hit bang, were bang. threes. Yeah. And, and we talked about this earlier, and I know Coach Pope after the game talked about it. It wasn't just the offense. Great defense. You mentioned the six steals. I thought he had active hands. He, yep. It was an all-around really good game for Spencer Johnson. Steals are interesting because that's the person who possesses the ball. Right. You don't know. If you get the deflection, you're rarely the guy that actually grabs the ball. But he had six of those, and uh, he's going to start for the first time as a BYU Cougar on Monday. Just, it, it's going to happen, which is awesome. And he's waited uh, his time, not only at BYU, but dude goes to Weber State, goes to UVU, goes to Salt Lake Community College, now he's at BYU. Somehow he's a junior. Thank you, COVID, for that. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guest, Dallin Hall. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of your shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of time for Jason. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Elise Flake. Go Cougs. Look, that's after last night's exhibition win. That, hey, <laughs> people really got excited. That's not. <laughs>